Welcome back to another episode of FCS Delivered by FedEx Ground. I'm Craig Haley, along with co-host Gary Reasons, the well-traveled Gary Reasons. Gary, your whirlwind of a season, how's it going this week? Oh, it's awesome. It's awesome. I had a chance to stay here in the state of Texas this week. We'll talk about that in segment two, but uh, it's been a fun week here this in the FCS. Always a fun week in the FCS. Gary, Seth Biley and, and Graham Bell are our producers. Uh, you can find all our coverage on theanalyst.com. And for FCS Delivered, presented by FedEx Ground, we're on many podcast platforms, Spotify, Amazon, Apple, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and others. And of course, where we want you to watch and also is on uh, YouTube, just search for FCS Delivered because that is the best place on our YouTube channel to find all of the, the video of Gary's FCS National Words on Campus uh, visits. Every week, Gary's at a different uh, campus presenting a FedEx Ground National Weekly Award. Now, Gary, in today's episode, we're gonna review uh, week eight. We're gonna find out where is Gary this week in segment two with the FedEx Ground National Awards. We're also gonna have a special guest this week, Heather Marini. She's the Brown quarterbacks coach. She is mentoring the leading passer in the FCS. And then in our final segment, we'll also uh, set up week nine with our pick em and just go across the FCS. Now, Gary, whoo, the, the FCS never fails to disappoint. It's like a roller coaster ride. Week eight was wild. We had three games within the top 12. Ooh, what did you think of all this action? Well, it was a lot of fun. You know, I, I watched quite a bit of the uh, South Dakota State against Southern Illinois ball game in, in Carbondale. And I tell you, it, it, it was action, 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 great defense, offensive powers, physical game. You know, that's what you would expect from South Dakota State. They did not disappoint. Southern Illinois tried to fight hard in that ball game. And you know, that was one of those games, Craig, that we had as our game of the week. And and, and it lived up to it, too. And uh, South Dakota State obviously came out of there with a the victory. And so that's 21 straight wins for them. That's pretty impressive. Those Missouri Valley Conference games, that, that's fit for a, a linebacker wearing uniform number 55 <laughs> coming through the middle. I think I may know one of those linebackers. But, yes, you're right. Uh, they're the only uh, undefeated team in the, in the FCS right now, South Dakota State. Tremendous game all around now, but another big game this week as well. One of our other top uh, 12 games from this past week, number four, Furman. They won at uh, number eight, Western Carolina. It was 29-17. Just uh, another fun ball game. That Furman running attack, Gary, it just really took over in this one. Yeah, when you when you put up 334 yards of rushing in a ball game, you know you're taking it to the defense, and and it really it just kind of sets sets the game in motion for what's going to happen, and the defense just kind of feels depleted when you can't stop that running attack from Furman. It's tough to it's tough sledding. They fought back, Western Carolina. You know they're they're trying to get that victory, but again, it's a, it's a great victory for Furman. That's ten straight Southern Conference wins. Yeah, ten in a row is tremendous because that leg has really reloaded. You know. In the mid to early 80s or, or 2010s, they, they lost App State and Georgia Southern to the FBS. But that league is deep again this year, and there always seems to be a different winner. So, yeah, great, great job by Furman. Then our uh, FedEx Round FCS game of the week for last week, whew, Montana State, 42-30 to 30 win at, at number three, Sac State, Sacramento State. Another great rushing performance for the Bobcats. 
I, I'm just impressed all around by the Bobcats, uh, Gary. Yeah, every week they just seem to put out a running attack that's really just hard to stop. You know, 300-plus yards rushing in all six of their wins this season, that's just tremendous. And so that's kind of who they are. That's what they're, 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 they're about. Their quarterback, Tommy Mallett, is doing a great job leading that attack. So that's a, an excellent win there by, by Montana. You know, they cemented themselves as the number two team in the country for sure. Yeah, Tommy was the uh, big sky player, the offensive player of the week. And to have him and Sean Chambers, just the two quarterbacks coming at you at relentless. And Tommy's just back uh, second week from, from an injury. And for him to be player of the week just shows show how talented that team is. Now, we did mention earlier, Gary, that South Dakota State is the only remaining unbeaten team in the FCS. And that's because Harvard was knocked off this past week in the Ivy League. Princeton beat them 21-14. to 14. So that leaves the Jack Rabbits alone, our number one team in the uh, staff perform FCS top 25. Now, speaking of the Ivy League, Gary, Brown, they beat Princeton a week earlier. just shows you how that league is going back and forth with, with tight games. Brown is 3-3. Three and three. They did lose to Cornell last week. But this week, Brown is at Penn. And the reason I bring it up is our special guest this week is Heather Marini. Uh, Heather is the Brown quarterbacks coach. She's in her uh, season uh, coaching with the Bears. She was the, when she was hired in 2020, she was the first female position coach in Division I history. Uh, she's a native of Australia, uh, bachelor degrees at two universities in Australia. She is not new to quarterback uh, success. She was a quarterback, and, and, and she, she mentored E.J. Perry, who's had time in the NFL, and now Jake Wilcox, as I mentioned, the uh, leading passer in passing yards per, per game in the uh, FCS Heather, we are thrilled to have you here, Gary and I. Welcome aboard. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me. I tell you, just uh, thrilling to, to, to learn about your background. I, I've you know taken note of you in recent years and just outstanding to have you on our show. Can you kind of talk about that background? I mean, you made the move from Australia to, to the United States in, in 2019. Just tell us about you know how, your time at, uh, in the U.S., yeah, so, uh, yeah, it was great. I, I moved over here with my husband in 2017 after having coached uh, American football in Australia for 10 years. Uh, I always grew up around sports and uh, it was such a, a neat experience to start coaching football on this side of the international dateline, uh, starting uh, with, um, you know, a job at the New York Jets and, and seeing how things work at the highest level to, to being able to experience college football has been incredible. Now, Heather, you talked about uh, your, your Jets experience. I'm sure that was very rewarding for you. But also talk about the Ivy League. You know, the, the, you're not the first, but there is an, with an opportunity for coaching for female coaches at the Ivy League. Talk about that experience in that conference. Yeah, I mean, the Ivy League has always done a great job leading the way and being innovative. And I think, you know, for me, working with Coach Perry and the staff here, you know, I wasn't the first female that Coach Perry had had in his coaching staff, having had uh, GAs and quality control assistants before. Um, and, you know, he was really open to just hiring the best people and having new ideas and, you know, being able to come into a staff that, you know, didn't blink an eye when I had a seat at the table uh, was really rewarding. And I think the Ivy League overall has done a really great job in making sure that you know, women, but everyone who has ideas and experience in football, you know, deserves to be an opportunity to 
uh, contribute to programs. And I think, you know, really coaches who just want the best for their programs are always open to hiring 100% of the population, uh, not just limiting themselves to, uh, to men. Well, Coach, I mean, obviously, James Perry, you, you mentioned, I mean, he's well-grounded at, at, at Brown. He was the twenty or the 1999 Ivy League Offensive uh, Player of the Year uh, as the Brown quarterback. Now, you're coaching him, but also coaching uh, somebody like Jake Wilcox, who is leading the FCS in passing yards per game. Can you talk about that, uh, what you're teaching Jake, and just, just him as a player? Yeah, Jake's an unbelievable competitor. Uh, he's just such a tough kid and, you know, really wants to always trying to get better. He, he really is a great leader. And, uh, and for him, you know, he just, he always wants to compete whether no matter what uh, practice drill we're doing or, or what we're trying to work on, uh, he always wants to be the best at it. And it's really starting to pay off for him. He, he's a great leader with his, his team and, and he has such a great team around him as well. There's a lot of talent. Uh, both in the quarterback room that continue to push him to be better um, and on the field as well uh, with his teammates around him. So, uh, but unbelievable competitor. Heather, let's talk about your coaching style just a little bit here. I'm a football guy and, you know, talk about quarterback play. Give me a, a couple of ideas of what specific techniques you like to emphasize with quarterbacks. Yeah, so for me, it's kind of interesting because I came into football uh, not from an X's and O's perspective, but from uh, a, a technique perspective, but also uh, like a sports and exercise science background. So a lot of the things that I'm working on, um, both physical technique, but also mental technique. Quarterbacks uh, require some of the, the most uh, difficult decision-making in sports. And, and for me, it's all about trying to promote uh, not only being, you know, that coach on the field and being able to to see everything from an X's and O's perspective, but you know, routine and mental toughness and how do you teach that and how do you train that to be um, a, a part of your skill set um, and a great tool to be able to use, you know, late in the fourth quarter when you've got a uh, when the you know the team is relying on you to to get the win. Uh, how do you you know stay in the zone and stay focused? Uh, so you know, while you know traditionally quarterbacks, you know, are always very focused on the way that they throw. Um, I think that's been a new thing that I've been able to introduce, uh, which has been really, really fun. Coach, you mentioned, uh, you know, it's been almost four years you've been at, at Brown, but just your, your role there, how it's evolved. I mean, can you talk about your role now and, and the responsibilities that you have as compared to when you first arrived on campus? Being a female coach, I'm sure that that role has developed over time. Yeah, so when I first started Brown, I was the, the quality control coach uh, on the offense, which was awesome. Um, got to work uh, with, with uh, Coach Smith, uh, who was the quarterback's coach at the time, uh, and Coach Perry. And obviously with Coach Perry being a former quarterback, uh, sitting in meetings with him is always uh, something to learn and uh, you know, develop you know, nuance of the offense that he's developed over time. Uh, for me, you know, being promoted in 2020 to be the quarterback's coach uh, while the world was in turmoil, turmoil, it was actually a, a pretty smooth transition for me, having you know been in that room and, and worked with the quarterbacks, uh, you know the year previously. It was actually a really great uh, transition to be able to you know get to know them, but also uh, dig deeper into the offense because we weren't playing that season. We were able to do a lot of the things 
uh, while on Zoom, but a lot of the things all the coaches wish they could do uh, when they're actually trying to focus on game planning and, and preparing for the next opponent, we didn't have that. So it was a really you know, great transition for me to be able to build on uh, the football IQ and, and knowledge of the game and knowledge of the playbook uh, for EJ in that year. And he obviously had a standout performance the following year. So, you know, really it's been, you know, evolving in the way that, uh, you know, Jake growing as a, as a quarterback into the senior that he is now, um, but transitioning from EJ, who, you know, is an NFL caliber quarterback to a, a younger first year starting quarterback last year with, with Jake. So, you know, for, it's been a great experience for me to be able to work with a really mature quarterback in EJ and then to help Jake grow into the quarterback that he is now. Heather, share some couple of things about what are some of your potential advantages of being a trailblazer as a female coach, and then what are obviously some of the obstacles you've, you've had to overcome? Yeah, so I think, you know, trailblazer is kind of funny for me. I've been doing this for 16 years now, so it kind of feels uh, a little old hat, but um, it's been it's been a fun experience because for me, you know, I didn't grow up with football. So being able to ask, you know, why we do things a certain way and, and you know, challenge some ideas that maybe uh, coaches really hadn't had to think about before uh, can sometimes probably be a little frustrating for them. But also, uh, you know, it's all about progressing and helping the team. So, you know, for me, challenging some of those things, but also bringing things in from other experiences. I've worked with a lot of different sports at varying levels from national teams, professional sports uh, that are not football and being able to bring some of those things. You know, for me growing up uh, in, in Australia, you know, football was never on my radar, um, but football really is the combination of all those other sports put together. You know, how uh, agility drills that tennis players use and basketball players use uh, can be translated into, you know, changing direction on a football field. You know, it's really all human movement at the end of the day. Um, and, you know, being able to introduce some, some novel things uh, that I've learned from other sports has really been able to help my players, which is awesome. Uh, from a challenge perspective, you know, I get all the time, oh, you never played. Well, actually, you know, women's football uh, here in the U.S., but also in Australia has been around for a really long time. And there's a lot of really great female football players uh, as well. But uh, to me, it's just, uh, you know, it's a tool that I have in my toolbox, uh, but it doesn't necessarily... Uh, you know, describe everything that I am as a coach and uh, being able to major in coaching in college and coach other sports, you know, being able to refine your skills in other ways other than just going, uh, being having a transition from being a player uh, immediately to being a coach. Uh, it really has, while it's been a challenge, uh, has been uh, a really big part of developing uh, my coaching skills. That, that is truly fascinating, Heather. Now, Coach, Gary is a true pro all the way through. He's too refined to ask this question. I'm not as refined, so I'm going to go ahead and ask it. You're up in Rhode Island, uh, Providence, in New England, not too far away from Foxborough. On a scale of 1 to 10, low, uh, the low being 1, high being a 10, how would you rate Bill Belichick's personality, especially after a loss? <laughs> um, well, I don't know Bill personally, so I, I, don't, I wouldn't want, never want to speculate uh, what, what's like behind closed doors up there. I think, you know, any coach takes a loss hard and, and part of being a good competitor is, uh, you know, hating to lose. Um, everybody wants to win, but when you really hate to lose, uh, it just makes every, everything, uh, uh, 
uh, amplified, I guess is the word I'm looking for. So, you know, he's had a lot of success over the years and I certainly have respect for him. So uh, whatever he's doing after a loss, I, I'm sure is only going to make the, him and the team better. Well, I, I promise you this, Bill Belichick, after any loss, is pretty grumpy. Uh, he, he was always that way with us, with the Giants, and, and he, he hasn't changed his tune whatsoever with his time with the Patriots. That's, that, that's definitely the case. Hey, let me ask you a little bit about, uh, you know, you're still playing. You're competitive now. You're, you still have a, have a spot as a, a quarterback and a punter with the Australian national team and also the Boston Renegades of the Women's Football Alliance. Talk about that and kind of and why do you keep going with on the playing side as well? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Uh, <laughs> the uh, you know in Australia, I grew up. You know, you play you play club sports on the weekend after your after your regular day job, and I think sports is is integral uh, to the Australian way of life. So I, I kind of uh, it was never really a, an unusual thing for me to think about doing. Um, but being able to be part of the Boston Renegades uh, and, and win some national championships the last few years has been unbelievable for me. Um, you know, being around football, it, you know, in my off time has always been uh, something that I've done and uh, being able to learn from incredible female players and, and coaches who really dedicate themselves to the women's game uh, has been, you know, a great educational experience for me as well. Uh, I'm really humbled uh, by the talent that I get to step on the field with uh, and you know, humbled by the competition and how these women dedicate themselves to the game and how much they love football. Uh, to me, being around that uh, when I'm not here at work, when, when football is a business and, uh, you know, you, it's what you do for work, it's kind of uh, nice to be able to, to celebrate football in all its forms and, and be a part of that. But, you know, working with Alison Cahill, who's, who's one of the best women's quarterbacks who, who's ever step foot on the field. She, she's the Tom Brady of women's quarterbacks and, and she, she's going to have more rings uh, by the time she retires. So uh, it, it's been an incredible experience. The World Championships is unbelievable experience to be a part of, you know, seeing women from all these different countries uh, play football and celebrate it, you know, really, you know, reminds you like how much we do this because we love the game so much. Um, and sometimes it's very easy to get tied down in in, in X's and O's and buried under wins and losses. But, you know, really we're doing this for the love of the game and, and who you play with and who you play for is really, really important. Coach, one last question for me. If, if, if you were writing uh, the Heather Marini story, what adjectives would you use? Wow, that's, that's a really great question. I think, um, Oh, I mean, for me, it's all it's all about opportunities, and you know, for me, you know, hard work is has always been important. But you know, really, it's it's about you know living and about taking opportunities as they as they come your way. Uh, you know, I always say like you never know which handshake is going to be uh, an opportunity for you later in life. So, you know, making the most of of learning from new people and. You know, I, I never would have got into football if I hadn't met my husband and, uh, you know, really embracing those opportunities is really what the story is about. You know, it's interesting, Heather, you, you've got a, a very good grasp of football. You've got a very good grasp of what it takes to be a football player and also teaching the game. I think I see another future for your career. You've got one more thing that you possibly could do, and that is step into the broadcast booth and be a liaison 
to globally talk about football from your perspective. And I think you have a future there because I hear you articulate the game exceptionally well. And it's very thought-oriented, thought and you're, you're a football leader on the field, and I commend you for that. I appreciate that. Well, Gary and I are, are, have been thrilled to have you on today's uh, podcast. Coach Heather Marini, we, we thank you so much. Heather is the Brown quarterbacks coach. As we mentioned, she was the first female position coach in Division I history uh, for football. 2020, she was hired at Brown. Coach, we know you have a big game this week. Brown is at Penn Friday night. We're going to say go Bears. We like those Quakers, but go Bears this week. Coach, thank you so much for joining Gary and I today. Thanks very much. Go Bears. <laughs> we will be, uh, we're going to take a break and we will be right back with more of FCS Delivered presented by FedEx Brown. Rehearsals for the school play were really coming along. Bigger smile, Mr. Squirrel. Until a custodian accidentally threw away the costumes. Oh no. Everyone was rattled. Miss Garrity forgot how to play. And the queen of the hedgehogs almost quit. Find a new queen. But replacement costumes were shipped with FedEx. And with added peace of mind from picture proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next. For residential delivery only. Welcome back to FCS Delivered, presented by FedEx Ground. I'm Craig Haley, along with co-host Gary Reasons, and segment two each week is our Where's Gary segment. We review our FCS National Awards on campus, where Gary makes a visit each week to one of our five FedEx Ground FCS National Players or Team of the Week. Now, Gary, we had five excellent winners this week. Who are we starting with? Yeah, we're going to take a look at the offensive side here, and we're going to have give an honor to Matthew Sluka, who's had a heck of a season so far. He's the quarterback from Holy Cross, and check this out, Craig. He had 330 yards rushing. That's right, 330 yards rushing as a quarterback. That's a Division One record, and uh, that's over 11 yards per carry, 11.8. He had four total touchdowns, three rushing, one passing against Lafayette. That was a tremendous effort. wasn't a victory. Lafayette got the victory, but uh, Matthew Sluka had one monster game. It was a, a tremendous effort. That was a great game all around, Gary. I mean, our FedEx Ground FCS National Team of the Week was Lafayette, which won this thriller against Holy Cross 38-35. Uh, the, the Leopards ended Holy Cross's 18-game Patriot League winning streak, moved into first place in, in, the, in the Patriot League. They're 6-1, most wins already since uh, 2009, and they still have four more games to go. Jamar Curtis had a big game, 229 rushing yards, two touchdowns. Dean DeNoble, uh, the quarterback, counted for three touchdowns, two in the air, one on the ground. Just a great effort by John uh, Troxell's team. First place, Lafayette Leopards in the Patriot League. Okay, we'll go over to the defensive side. So our national defensive player of the week is, is Kenny Gallup Jr. He's a safety from Howard and that 27-23 win they had over Norfolk State. He had 11 tackles and an interception that ball game at his team uh, at, at his team's one yard line with five seconds left. And he was also in on a tackle for loss and a sack. So a monster game again for Kenny Gallup Jr. Safety from Howard as our defensive player of the week. Like we, we had two winners from, from HBCU uh, 
HBCUs. I mean, Taman Cook, uh, kickoff returner from North uh, Carolina A&T, our FedEx Ground FCS National Special Teams Player of the Week. He had a 91-yard touchdown uh, return for a touchdown against uh, uh, Richmond. It's his third on a kickoff that he returned this year. I did it against North Carolina Central, uh, Villanova, now Richmond. I mean, you talk about quality opponents that, that Taman has done this against. He also tied the school record, uh, his fourth overall kickoff return for a touchdown in his career. Taman Cook, just a, a terrific uh, FCS National Special Teams Player of the Week. Well, here we go into our freshman player of the week from the national player is Richard Torres. He's a quarterback from the UIW, and he entered the game, Craig, look at this. He's the number three quarterback on the depth chart. The number two quarterback started the game. Zach Calzada could not get, get, get going. But uh, Richard came in after halftime in the third quarter, and he turned around a 24-7 deficit into a win against McNeese and a 35-24 victory for the Cardinals. So he had four total touchdowns in that ball game. Three passing, one rushing touchdown, and he threw for 161 yards. And he was our FCS National Awards, and we went on campus to UIW to look at uh, him and talk about Richard Torres and that. So this is a way to get out to campus. It's right there. It's beautiful. It's in northern San Antonio and downtown. It is part of the Southland Conference with Southland Proud. They've been strong in the Southland Conference for the last several years. We had Lindsey Scott Jr. win the Walter Payton Award from there a year ago. Gail and Tom Benson are benefactors for the university, and they've done a great job there. This university is really, it's a niche little university. It is very uh, uh, compelling for student athletes to come there. The facilities are fantastic. And this young quarterback, he is 6'4". He's a big quarterback, and he's a freshman. He was a transfer in from Nebraska, and he's had a great little run here. And when it was called upon last week, he stepped up and he played. So Richard Torres came up big for the Cardinals, uh, in a win, giving them a win at a place that is very hard to win, Cowboy Stadium against McNeese. And you see his touchdowns here, and almost uncontested because some of the throws that he made here, this Cowboy, uh, the Cowboys defense really kind of had some issues in the ball game and they exploited it. So good job by Richard Torres of coming up big for the Cardinals when asked. And uh, it was fun to visit with. He's a big guy now. I, I was interviewing him this week, and, and you know he's 6'4". He's a tall guy and very, very humble. We'll have some video shorts come out about him, with him as well. You'll get a chance to visit with him or hear him speak on there. And here's the guy there, and here's our, our representative from, uh, from FedEx Ground. She is a very petite young lady, Vanessa Trevino. She is the HR business partner for FedEx Ground. She joined us there to make that presentation. So congratulations to uh, Richard Torres as our FCS National Player of the Week on our on campus and the, and the fresh, Freshman Player of the Week. And uh, it was very, very well deserved. It looks like another fun campus, UIW. Well, it was a fun campus, but let me tell you, we had a little bit of Mother Nature coming down on us. Um, <laughs> as I started the, our presentation, it started to drizzle. There were clouds around everywhere. And when, it, uh, when, when our FedEx representative came up to, to talk a little bit to the team, uh, it really started to come down, and, and uh, unfortunately, she got drenched. <laughs> but uh, it, it was really tough there. You'll see, she's, she's a petite person, and, and man, I tell you, it was, it, was, it was fun to be out there. 
and, and see some of the campus sites. So, uh, thank you very much to Alexa Lowe, the, the uh, athletic communications coordinator for, for uh, UIW on the football side. Tremendous there. Had a chance to speak to the university president, the athletic director, the head football coach, Clint Killo. You can't talk about this program without talking about Clint Killo and what he's done in such a very short period of time. He has ascended there from a former player at UIW to now the head coach, and he has got them on a terrific path. They've had a couple of great coaches, and he is just a part of that tree, he's called it, of that, of that coaching success. And I think he's got a very, very bright future with, with himself and the Cardinals. You know, Gary, in, in recent years, we've, you know, not only has UIW, you know, been a terrific program and, and actually got to the semifinals last year, almost knocked off North Dakota State. We've gotten to know some of their quarterbacks at, with our season-ending awards. And, you know, you talk about this year's group of quarterbacks as well. I mean, they're, they're kind of in the mix for that quarterback you. Uh, in the FCS, I've, I've written about that topic a couple times in the last four or five years, and they're kind of getting into the mix. You know, what, what, what can you tell us about the quarterbacks at UIW through the years? Well, they have. They've had some great quarterbacks come through there. You know, we first we take a look at Cameron Ward, who was our freshman Jerry Rice Award winner a couple of years back, and you, he's had an ascension in his in his career. And last year we had the uh, had Lindsey Scott become the Walter Payton Award winner. So pretty good quarterbacks through there. And, and Craig, in general, in the South and Conference, it's been a, a pretty much a passing league here over the last several years. And you take a look at Cole Kelly winning our, our Walter Payton Award uh, a couple of years back from Southeastern. So nothing new to throw the ball around the yard in the South and Conference. But uh, UIW, they have done it over, over three years consistently with different coaches. And, and the offense has been there. And the quarterback play has just been tremendous. Right now, um, you know, Zach Calzada, he is number, I think he's number three in total passing yards with about 327 yards per ball game in total in the FCS. So he's right up there as one of the elite quarterbacks in, in, in the country. And uh, Richard Torres, you know, he did a, he, he did a, a, a pinch hitter or whatever you want to put and throw him in there for a little while. And he did excellent. So it's a quarterback driven system. And that's what uh, they that what they play there. And uh, these guys, uh, they're just shining in it. And uh, it's really fun to watch. Yeah, you know, it, it, with quarterback you and the FCS, both times I've written about it, I kind of settled on North Dakota State just because they've developed these NFL high-level players. I mean, Car Carson Wentz, the number two pick in, in, in the NFL draft in, in 2017, that's the highest ever in the FCS era for an NFL draft pick. You know, you talk about Trey Lance, he was uh, third. Uh, you, you look at Easton Stick, the Chargers took him in the fourth round. Brock Jensen sort of got the FCS dynasty going. So I settled there. I mean, you certainly put Eastern Washington in the mix. I mean, mix with, you know, uh, Eric Berry most recently uh, winning a Walter Payton Award, and they've had three quarterbacks. They're probably more Eastern Washington wide receiver you than quarterback you. But I tell you, UIW has certainly gotten in the mix in recent years. Great job all around for the Cardinals. We're going to take a break here, and then we will be back with more FCS Delivered, presented by FedEx Ground. When someone accidentally threw away the school play costumes, Oh, no! Replacements were shipped with FedEx, and with picture-proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next, for residential delivery only. Do you like what you're hearing on FCS Delivered today? 
For more national FCS coverage, please go to theanalyst.com throughout the week. We're the home for the FCS Top 25 Media Poll and the weekly and season-ending FCS National Awards presented by FedEx Ground. We also take you across FCS Nation with stories, predictions, and an inside look. The FCS coverage can be found at theanalyst.com. Welcome back to FCS Delivered, presented by FedEx Ground. I'm Craig Haley, along with co-host Gary Reasons, who's had another busy week. I hope he's been able to take in all the action because he is all over the place. But Gary, I mean, we've been talking about the uh, FedEx Ground National Awards on campus, the, the top 25 poll. You can find all that coverage on theanalyst.com. We're always on uh, X and, and social media talking FCS. Now, here we go into week nine of the FCS season. And, and here's a very scary thought for you, Gary, right before Halloween. There's only four weeks of the regular season left in, in most conferences, all but the SWAC. I, I don't know where the season's gone, Gary. It has come and gone. It, it's just, just flowing. It really is. And, you know, with me and all the travel and everything that I'm doing, packing a whole lot of things into it and, and then getting to the weekend, it's kind of like I take time off where I get a chance to watch college football uh, and, and kind of study it. Uh, it it's, it's been really fun. It, and, I'm, you know, I'm, we're really just getting started here because we got a whole playoff series to go still uh, when we start talking about December play. <laughs> you are so right. Uh, this week's action, Gary, well, I just want to mention Buddy Pugh, the South Carolina State coach. Last season, he's going for his 150th career win. Just a legend in, in, in the MEAC. Uh, they're taking on North Carolina Central in, in a Thursday night game on that, uh, ESPNU, I believe it is. Just, you know, he's just had a great career. Now let's go into our pick'em segment, Gary. And we have some good ones this week, just like we did last week. And we're going to go straight to the Big South OBC Football Association. The top two teams there are UT Martin and Southeast Missouri. They're 3-0 they're in conference time for the top. But there's a team lurking, the uh, Gardner-Webb running bull. They were the South, Big South champion last year, and now in the association they do have a loss, but they're hosting UT Martin. What do you think of this matchup? Well, it's going to be a good football game. There's no doubt about that. Gardner-Webb is playing very well. I think, though, that UT Martin, their defense is going to be the key in this thing, Craig, and I think they're going to get the W on the road. They're, they're playing strong, and they've only allowed seven points in the second half of the last five games. So that is strong defense, and so I'm going to go with UT Martin in this one. And you're right. They've been a shutdown defense. I tell you, this is a game where every five minutes I flip – I originally thought UT Martin, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the running Bulldogs. I, I, they definitely uh, need this game. Uh, Jalen King uh, has come in at quarterback the last two weeks. He's a freshman. The good thing is he has experienced players all around him. I'm gonna say Gardner Webb gets it done. Now there's another game uh, that that's really standing out to me, Gary. It's in the SWAC, the Magic City Classic, Alabama A&M versus Alabama State. Uh, it's at Legion Field in Birmingham. You know, Gary, they drew over 67,000 fans last year, and they always do. They're always in that 60,000 range. This is a big-time matchup for FCS just because of the, the, the atmosphere and, and kind of just epitomizes FCS. Tell us about this game. 
Well, it's a game. If you have a chance to get into down to Alabama, it's one you should go and, and look at and take and, and take in because this is going to be kind of a spectacle of all the fans and everything there. I think Alabama A and M is probably going to get this the Magic City Classic. I think they're probably going to beat Alabama State in this year. I have not a whole lot of reasons for it because I think both teams are similar in structure, similar in what they can do. But I'm going to go with Alabama A and M in this one, Greg. Yeah, they are similar, and I happened to look uh, earlier this week. The last 12 meetings, four times it's been decided by one point or two points. They're, they're just always playing close games. Uh, you know, Alabama A&M has the better offense here. Alabama State has the better defense. You go either way. I'm going to go Alabama State. Now, when I say that, I want to mention that Florida A&M is on top of the uh, SWAC East, where the A&M and State also play. If Florida A&M wins this week against Prairie View and Alabama State beats Alabama A&M, uh, Florida A&M will clinch the SWAC East invitation to the uh, SWAC championship game, which, which played the first Saturday in, in December. But uh, that'd be amazing if, they, if that team was already clinched and we're not even at Halloween. So I'm going to go Alabama State and, and say that Florida A&M winds up as the SWAC East champion by the end of the day. Now let's move into CA football where, Gary, 15 teams. It is always back and forth. Delaware is the only unbeaten in conference. They have a pretty tough one at Towson this week. Upset at all? Uh, I don't think so. I think that uh, I think the Delaware is strong. I think the Hens are going to be going to get there and get it done. Solid defense. There's no doubt about that, Craig. They haven't allowed a touchdown uh, in ten straight quarters. So just figure that out. That defense is going to be there. Towson's going to have their hands full, and I think that the uh, Delaware gets it done. I agree. I mean, Towson under Pete Shinnock has had a terrific kind of building kind of season because they own wins over last year's champions, uh, New Hampshire and William & Mary. And both of those wins came on the road. They're actually 0-3 at home as they try and knock off Delaware. But I agree. I'm thinking Blue Hens in this one. Gary, let's go down to the Southland. What's your big one there? Well, we got UIW going against Lamar. This is going to be a road game here for UIW. There are three teams in the South and Conference that are still undefeated at conference play, UIW, Lamar, and Nichols. Nichols is off this week. They're, they're at home resting, and they're going to watch this ball game, and they have UIW in two weeks. So the next couple of weeks here in the South and Conference are going to be, going to be big. And really, when you talk about UIW, what is Zach Calzada's status, the quarterback for UIW who didn't play a week ago, uh, he looks like he's ready to go for this ball game, and I think he's going to play. But just think, Richard Torres is still in the in, in the wings there as somebody who's capable to, to run that offense. Uh, I think that UIW, uh, you know, against Lamar. Lamar is the surprise team of the Southland this year. They've got four straight wins, and I think it's going to be a great a great ball game. But I think UIW is, got, is still strong enough to get this thing done, and I think they're going to take care of take care of business in the Southland over Lamar. Yeah, I think it's thrilling for Lamar. Pete Rosamondo has really, you know, lifted them this year. It's going to be a big crowd with UIW coming in. But I, I think you're right. It doesn't really, almost doesn't matter what quarterback UIW puts out there. Because if, if Richard Torres was your number three this time last week, and suddenly he's the national freshman of the week, it just shows you the, the depth of, of the Cardinals. I'm going to go Cardinals as well. Then there's the big game in the big sky. And there's a big game every week there. Top 10 again. Uh, number two, Montana State at a nine, Idaho inside the Kimmy Dome. The Vandals had a week off, Gary, because they, you know, they had a bye after the Montana State loss, which was very close, 23-21. Uh, 
Can they get the upset this time against the Bobcats? Well, I think this is going to be a very, very entertaining game. It's going to be fun. I think Jason Eck is uh, going to get the guys going here with the Vandals. I, they had a week off to prepare for this football game, and I think that they're going to come out with a lot of energy. I think the Kibbe Dome is going to be rocking. I think that Idaho gets the best of them here. So I'm going to pick the Vandals against Montana State here in the Big Sky. I love the pick. I almost went Vandals, but I just always seem to side with the Bobcats with that run game. They lead the nation 325 yards a game, and they just steamroll teams no matter who the competition is. I'm going to stick with the Bobcats, but another excellent pick on your end, Gary. That brings us to the FedEx ground game of the week. Also top 10 and really top 5. Number one, South Dakota State, who we talked about earlier. They're at number four, South Dakota. They're both 4-0 in conference, Missouri Valley Conference. Winner takes first place. Obviously, it's a rivalry game. Whew. What do you think of this one? Well, this is this is a game that I think is pretty, pretty fun to look at here. You got a couple of quarterbacks in this ball game. Mark Grinalski, obviously, is, is, is a tremendous player in his own right against Aiden Bauman from South Dakota. So South Dakota State. Uh, you know, I didn't I didn't go their way last week, and shame on me. <laughs> they they did very very well. They were very physical, very strong. And when you watch Mark, he just continues to play lights out. I think I have to go with South Dakota State in this one again against South Dakota. Although I think Bob Nielsen's going to have his guys ready to go. This is going to be a great contest. It's uh, it's one of these cop games, and I think it is going to be one of the games of the week. Well, you were inside the Dakota Dome a couple of weeks ago. What, what did you think of that facility? Well, it's 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 tremendous, and it's an, it's kind of an intimate type of an arena facility, and it's something that is pretty pretty loud in there, and it can be loud, and it's just right. Uh, so if South Dakota, you know, they get the energy flowing in there, uh, you never know; it could be their day. You know. Yeah, I'm. Uh... I agree. I think it's a great game. I'm going to stick with the Jackrabbits like you. Hard to go against them, just like the Bobcats and Montana State. Uh, great game for the FedEx Ground uh, FCS Game of the Week. Gary, that brings it an end to this week's episode. Uh, Seth Biley and Graham Bell are our producers. Uh, you can find all our coverage on theanalyst.com. Obviously, on X, formerly Twitter, we're, we're at FCS underscore stats. It's another big weekend of games, Gary. Are you looking forward to it? Yes, it is. It's going to be a fun game, a fun weekend, and just just look at look at them. I, you know, most every game in the FCS is on is on ESPN Plus. Uh, take a look at it. It's a lot of fun. You, know, you can pick pick whichever one you want. I, I I flip back and forth a lot of times through the through the channels and seeing the games, and and, it, and it's great coverage. So I, I enjoy listening to uh, some of the some of the commentary out there as well. And learn a little few little things about the FCS community. So, you know, kind of like as I'm going along on these on-campus visits, <clears throat> just sharing more stories about FCS. It's it's really pretty cool. And, and you're right about the FCS story being told uh, with coverage. I mean, just about every game is available on the digital network streaming. It's just tremendous. Uh, looking forward to it myself. Uh, it's going to be a great week nine. We thank you for tuning in to another episode of FCS Delivered presented by FedEx Ground, and we will see you next week.